0: to another edition of the Alamonte Show. I am your host, Anna Alamonte Morris, Wondering, Morris, why do you sound so excited right now? Big Gun Chance again is gone! Thank you! I wish I had, like, the, you know, the claps going on, like, yeah, woo! I wish I had that going on, but I don't. But, yes, he is gone, ladies and gentlemen. He is- I am so happy that Jason Garrett is finally out the door. Even though it took long enough in a day, almost feel like flipping years, but he's gone. So I'm happy. Very happy. A lot of, uh, Cowboy Nation. Oh my God. Come on. Whoa. God damn. Oh, sorry, y'all. Uh, a lot of uh, cowboy nation is. Let me see. It's picking up. Enjoy your night. Oh. Oh shit. that, I got tomorrow off. Oh snap. Uh, I was about to go pick up my supervisor, but the night just keep getting better. So I'm just gonna ride around with y'all if y'all mind because I need to give me something to eat. Um I'm kinda of disappointed with myself not doing any grocery shopping to uh, uh as of late. But here nor there, let's get back into it. I was about to share this out more to everybody here. Okay. Garrett's gone. Bye bye. Catch you later. I'm so happy that even though it took some time, that he's out the door. Would leave the question of this, ladies and gentlemen. What have we learned? What have we learned from the Jason Garrett era? What did we get from his tenure as head coach? These are the things that we gotta be talking about right now. I know we all wanted him to be gone, we wanted him to leave, got it good. But these are things we, we have to look back on. What did he do? Can what can we when we look back 20 years from now and we go over the coaches that had their time here in Dallas? What are we gonna remember from Jason Garrett? I know a lot of y'all out there is probably going to say, you know, the Clapper, he didn't care, he was a conservative play caller. Me, what well, I'm, I'm taking from it, he was just a yes man. Right here for each and every one of y'all, this is what a yes man looked like. This is, what, this is what they look like, not only in business, but in life. This is what a yes man looks like. That's Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett didn't do anything for the benefit of himself and the team. He did it for Jerry Jones. That's not how a head coach should coach his team. Jason Garrett lucked into that spot because he happened to be an ex-cowboy himself. He was a backup to Troy Aitman during the Super Bowl year. Then he went on to coaching. He coached with the Giants. Not coached with Giants. He, coached, he, he was an assistant OC. And then he got picked up by Jerry Jones. And that's when we had Wade Phillips, and that's when Jason Garrett was the O.C. But Jerry Jones wanted to put Garrett up in the freaking um, spot so damn bad that he's willing to screw over Wade Phillips. Now, Wade Phillips wasn't a bad coach. He wasn't that bad with the Cowboys. You will have times in the freaking in your uh, coaching career where you're gonna have those years where it's like, uh could have done better, you know. You're going to have those years where it's just like, damn, what happened? I mean, it, it happens. It, it happens, ladies and gentlemen. It's, it's, it's just a, not even just a fact of life. That's football. Not every coach is going to have a like a near-perfect season every freaking season. Or at least don't have a season where it's not mirrored with controversy or questionable losses. But for, you know, for Jason Garrett, he was nothing but a yes man. He's not going to be in that conversation of great head coaches, not even a good head coach. Because he's going to be in Jerry Jones' shadow. He's Jerry Jones' puppet. That's the only category that you can put Jason Garrett in. Now, a lot of y'all who support Jake Garrett saying that he don't throw the football, he's not kicking it, he's not making the tackles and and all that stuff, well, I'm sorry. You have to teach that to players. There's a thing called a philosophy. Y'all tend to forget that. A philosophy is taught by the coach or how he wants things to be run, how I want you to catch the ball, how I want you to run the ball, how I want you to kick it, what scenarios we going to do, Then this is how he's supposed to execute. It's a philosophy that is preached out by the head coach. Not only the head coach, he, it, he tells it to his assistant coach, and his assistant coaches continues on with his philosophy on how his team should be ran. So at the end of the day, it falls on Jason Garrett. So miss me with the bullshit. Jason Garrett, basically, I heard this analogy. I heard this example, which is true. Jason Garrett, with all this coaching, his coaching staff is like a GPS. Remember those good years we had that people want to keep bringing up? We only have one with losing season, but all those seasons we had, winning seasons, people don't want to bring up that Jason Garrett barely did anything. He had GPS on where to go, how to get there. That GPS was his fucking assistant coaches. And then when we lost Romo that one year, it really exposed them. Not only exposed Garrett, but exposed the assistant coaches that we had. That we couldn't have a good backup after freaking Tony Romo. What are you teaching in practice? I'm not expecting the freaking backup quarterback to be just as good as Romo. I expect them to at least give us a winning chance and a winning shot at games and give us a reasonable record. I think our last record was like 4-12, and something like that. A horrible record. I mean, that right there proves that Jason Gary, when he was doing that man-up shit, our damn shoulders like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, dude, why in the world are you, sir, sitting saying, next man up, and they're not even close to the challenge that we had in the freaking starter. That wasn't even close. I think the only person that perfected that to the greatest, like, close to perfection is Bill Belichick. But then even the most average of coaches, even a, a freaking Jeff Fisher will have a backup that is not just as good but as reasonable as the starter. Jason Garrett couldn't even do that. It's sad that he gets exposed and his freaking assistant coaches get exposed. But those years, he would just ride and – those assistant coaches. And even when he was fucking hands on, like really hands on with the coaching, it's still with that. How sway? Please tell me how. Cause I guarantee you, with that play calling, with that offensive play calling, that was all flipping Jason Garrett. Just influencing that boy. I guarantee you. And I and I wouldn't even be, I'd be lying if I be saying this. I guarantee you, he had freaking calling Scott Linehan, getting some advice too. I promise you. Just sit there. Hey, uh, hey, Linehan, uh, any you got any other advice for me? What, what should we do for this play? Well, I should go, I would do this. It was like it was Scott Linehan was, didn't even leave. But at times I feel like Moore couldn't do what he really want to because Jason Garrett was like, no, we need to do this, which, yeah, he got to listen to him, but at the same time, Garrett has to listen to Moore. That's, he's calling the plays from the office, so he got to trust in what, what type of plays Moore is going to call for different scenarios and stuff. And I guarantee you, Jason Garrett was not feeling that. And he was telling them, no, I still want to do it like this. The same fucking schemes that Scott Linehan had. And Cal Moore was like, okay, whatever. Because you saw in those damn press conferences where every time they kept bringing up the, his um what was going on with the office and the play scheming, he always brought up Cal Moore's name. Like, dude, Chase, the fucking responsibility. There was nothing that killed me. Jason Garrett never took responsibility on what the fuck was going on with the team. He never took responsibility. That shit hurt my world. It hurt my soul. His press conferences, even the like the prep during the week, the press conference was like he was reading from a script. Hi guys, and he said the same as that they put all of his press conferences together. I guarantee you, they basically either mirror each other or sound almost alike. You wouldn't even, you couldn't even tear those presses apart until you said which team that we was prepping for, or the team that we lost to, because they would sound so much alike. And I'm happy that it's just over. It's done. Jerry Jones have to understand. I said this on my show. I, I said it on my, on my last show. Freaking, not my last. Well, I did say on my past show that Jerry Jones is going to have to deal with a coach. They're not going to be a yes man. They ain't going to be like, you got you put me here to do a job. I'm here to do a job. I don't need you to sit there and put your hands in everything that I do. I will let you know what's going on, but other than that, that's as far as it goes. That's as far as it goes. He going to have to deal with that type of coach. Because I guarantee you, if he got, like, Ron Rivera, oh, shit. Oh, Yeah. He would have put up with that shit. He would have told Jerry Jones at Jump Street, all that shit you did with Jesse Gere, you ain't going to do it with me. You got the game all fucked up if you think you're going to do that shit with me. Which is fair. No, it's not fair. That's how it should go. That's how it's supposed to be. But let me, uh. but that's, but hearing this news is so great. But now everybody's skipping to the Knicks head coach. We just need to know who is, and actually I'm driving right now. Thank you, Mr. Midnight. Thank you for that. While everybody's skipping to, like, who's going to be a Knicks head coach, we need to know what we're going to take from this era. Me, from this era, Garrett was a yes man. And all those people that's defending Jason Garrett, let's let's look at all those winning seasons they had. All those winning seasons that Garrett had. Let's just look at it. What did we get out those uh, when we was when we went thirteen and three? What we get out when we went went ten and six. Um, NFC um, Championship game, yeah, um, NFC East Championship game. What did we get out? Of? We went to playoffs and we finally won that one playoff on the Garrett. What else did we do? Garrett got out coached last season, Outcoached. and then this year we whipped their ass. We whipped their ass like they stole something. That was a revenge game. Don't get me wrong. I knew what the deal was in that game. That was a game that Jason Garrett had to really have to show out, and then not admit to mention our backs was against the wall too. But for us to whip their ass like we did, it made me think: where was that last season? Because he wasn't even running the football. We kept throwing, 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 throwing. It see, like, every time when Garrett's back was against the wall, he he performed. He performed, and he did his thing. But we expect you to do that all the time, Mr. Garrett. we you to show out all the time. Not just when your back's against the wall and we came and beat a freaking high school team. No. We, we, we need that same energy. That same exact energy when we are winning. When we got a winning record. When we got a commanding lead. And the freaky NFC East, and which lead me to another thing: the head coach—not the head coach, but the freaking coaching itself. The 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 plays. It seemed like we throw, 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 and then we run, 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 run. No balance. But when we had those games where we run the football. And we throw the ball when we need to throw the ball. Everything just works out. Everything needs a balance. Even though I believe Zeke, I don't know what was his issue. He's not that explosive. He's not that. Honestly, to tell you the truth, I've been saying this for a while. I didn't believe for us to pay him all that damn money. I believe we should pay players after the season, not before season. Because they already got their money. But what happened to D Law. He got paid all that money. How many sacks he got this year? Mr. Hot Boy himself? It's like players perform when they want to get paid, and then when they get paid, they don't want to do shit. They just sit down like, uh, I got what I wanted. I just show up when I feel like it. And I felt like that was Z, but I'm not trying to make it all about him. But the play call was horrible. Like, I literally had a Cowboy group. I literally had one trying to talk me down. For anybody that don't know what I mean by Cowboy group, I'm talking about Cowboy haters, you know, the ones that always got our team name in their mouth and never talk about their team. So I just call them Cowboy group because they love us so much. They just don't want to admit it. They try to argue me down saying that it's not the play call, it's the players. I'm like, dude, are you kidding me? When you're throwing the ball so many times and you're not getting nowhere, what are you going to do? Or when you run the ball so damn much, what are you going to do? Now you're throwing the ball at the wrong time. Now you run the ball at the wrong time. I mean, the play call was so effed up. I can't even explain it. I can't even go in detail and explain it because you can look at all those. You can look at one of the games. Where we could have won and the play column was just horrible. It was just so fucked up. You could just say the play column was just fucked up. That's how unexplainable it is. But the best way I can say it was unbalanced. Yes. Mr. Midnight, you are so totally right. The play column was terrible. I I mean, and, and the thing is, I believe... Excuse me. <laughs> I believe Jason Garrett. I believe Jason Garrett. He. I knew he had a hand in the freaking play calling because he, he was conservative. For no reason. This conservative play call. I've never been a fan of conservative play calling. Too fucking conservative. We were. We need to be aggressive. (laughs) We need to have a more aggressive-minded head coach. This man here was conservative as hell. His conservative play calling made Atlanta's play calling in the Super Bowl genius. I'm going to say it again. Jason Garrett's conservative play calling made the Atlanta Falcons in the Super Bowl play calling genius. Because he wanted to play it safe all the time. You don't get paid the big butt just to freaking play it safe. I will say who does that, and I'll be like, "It's, it's Garrett. You tried to turn Zach, um, Zach into a freaking play manager, um, game manager. Literally, this guy's got wheels under him, and you try to turn him into a freaking game manager. Now y'all see how great that worked. But also Garrett, he made us. The Dallas Cowboys, a shell of ourselves, of what the Dallas Cowboys is all about. Think about it. When we play rival teams, he make them seem like they just some other team. When we play the Redskins, when we play the freaking Giants, when we play the freaking Eagles, he make them seem like they was just some other average team. Those are our fucking rivals. We should, you should hype those players in that fucking locker room to the point where they can judge you. If you tell them, "Commander, go through a wall," that each seven every one of them will go through a wall and then they will come back and they will do it again. When you play a rival. ain't no thing. Are you kidding me? You in the fucking atmosphere, definitely when we when they travel up to fucking Philadelphia, the most hostile, most assholes up there that want fucking Dallas to fucking die if they, if they had control over the world. What? Just will, will I... What the Cowboys' head, and you just go up in there like it ain't no thing, and then talk about the laws like nothing really didn't fucking matter. He made the Cowboys a shell of ourselves and what we stand for. He literally pissed on our history. He pissed on our legacy and everything. He literally pissed on it. Just sit back and think about it. We never went to the game where I'm not sitting in shape. We should go in with, like, we're America's team. We should go out. We're, we're the motherfucking Dallas Cowboys. We not, y'all. We not the fucking St. Louis Rams. Definitely not the fucking Patriots. We the fucking Dallas Cowboys. We the only motherfucking team that when people come here, they have fucking pride. This is history right here. We never cheated for our fucking Super Bowl. We never whine. We never complain. We're everything that America wants to be. We're the only fucking team where people want to say, they can tell their kids that they was a Dallas Cowboy. Who the fuck's going to, you know, when you retire or stop being an NFL player, going to tell their kid, oh, I was a Patriot. John, I was a Patriot. You kids not be like, huh? They would hear more about the Cowboys the Patriots, and the Patriots got six Super Bowls. That's how iconic the Dallas Cowboys are. I guarantee you go around the world, you'd be like American football. They'd be like, Cowboys? Cowboys? It's like baseball. They're not going to see the Boston Red Sox. They're going to see the Yankees. That's the Cowboys. It's like NASCAR. Dale Earnhardt. Earnhardt. Rest his soul. Nobody ain't going to say none of these other Ricky Deek fucking teams. They're going to say Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys. When Jim Garrett was the head coach, he took all that shit away. He made us just one simple average-ass fucking football team. And the records proved it. The records proved it. Made us average. cross the board. I mean, just let me think about it. Did you really think, (coughs) excuse me once again, do you think that this man, Jason Garrett, took pride in being a Cowboys coach? Did he really take pride in the legacy of the Dallas Cowboys? Or how much prestige of being a head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, how much he had? What position what power he has oh if he wants to believe they had power but still past coaches, mainly the Jimmy Johnson and the Tom Landry, what's his soul who who are who are on the sidelines who put in their time gave us Super Bowls and also Barry Switzer. Very Strickland ones, the Super Bowl, but it was on there, Jimmy Johnson type of team. But you get my point. Your name is about to be right there next to theirs, and then also all the other film coaches. somebody It could be only one person up here. It could be 10,000 people listening to the show, which I appreciate the listening. But for you to sit there and say things like that, what's your point? Don't worry about nobody else. Just worry about you. If you're enjoying the show, just sit back and listen. If you have something to say, comment. So if, if you don't like the show, and you just don't like there's four people up in here, you can lead, too. I know it's four people up in here. So what? What you was expecting, 10,000? Or you thought I was going to do a show for you? So calm down. This is my first time, okay. Okay, well, you're right, okay, with the rant. It's not a rant. It's me just telling you, if you don't like, there's four people up here. It's like, why pose that question? Sometimes it's better to just be quiet, you know? Or you can just not tune in. So, it's not no rant. Just don't pose stupid-ass questions. Anyways, let's, let me get back to uh, this, because that's actually distracting. Anyways, like I was saying... <clears throat> So the Garrett era, so 10 years, 10 years, of yeah, but not a shoulda, coulda, woulda, but a yeah, but that's the generation for J.C. Garrett. J.C. Garrett had a very long tenure. I think he's the. Is he the second longest to Tom Landry? I might have to look that up. So don't quote me on that. Don't quote me on that. Because I, I think he had a long, long tenure, longer than freaking Jimmy Johnson, which is pretty sad. I might have to look that up. But I know he had a 10, well, coming close to 10 years. It's cra- I mean, it's, it's crazy. We just – basically had him on the team, had him coach, all this false hope, all this, you know, it's just crazy. We had this man for just about 10 years, and he's probably either the longest tenured coach for the Dallas Cowboys since Tom Landry. So like I said, I'm a I'ma look that up. And if any of y'all looked that up for me now, that would be highly appreciated. Right now, like I said, I'm driving, I'm, a, I'm trying to look at the comments as much as I can. <clears throat> so, um so now, Mr. Midnight, you're so totally right. And then also, Matt, you're right too. He thought that he got there. I mean, yeah, let's call spade spade. Jason Garrett cuts. All right, so for me to say all these things, let me be fair. Let me be fair. When, when me just going at Jason Garrett like I am, let me tell you how it was when we first hired this man. I, I want to think when Jerry Jones hired this man. Honestly, I wanted Norm Turner. Some of y'all are probably gonna be like, Morris, you fucking crazy. I wanted North Turner. I wanted North Turner to be the head coach. I remember when before Wade got there, North was top of the list. He was the top um, he was the top candidate to become head coach. Y'all remember that uh before we got Wade Phillips, freaking North Turner was the top candidate because he kept visiting. Jerry Jones, he kept going to, uh, at the time, Belly Ranch all the time. Because he, he had a history with um, Jerry Jones because he was under the freaking Jimmy Johnson era. He was, he was part of the Super Bowl um, era. So, yeah, you're going to listen to him a whole lot more. But then we ended up getting Wade Phillips, which wasn't that bad. But, but I wanted North Turner when that whole debacle happened with Wade Phillips and Jason Garrett taking, taking over as head coach. But I like it how when Jason Garrett, when he first took over the team, I liked how he got the players coming together. He would try to be a player's coach. But then it just, I just thought it evolved and it just became more of him wanting to be friends with the players. He he wanted to be friends with the players, and you can't be friends with the fucking players. It's like me, like y'all. If and any of y'all who, who haven't listened to my shows, oh JJ, oh so five years. Okay, so I was right. Okay, five years. Garrett nine years. Okay, cool. Oh, I'm gonna pull over real quick. I gotta check these comments out. I uh, hope the hope the MPs don't mess with me. So um. I'm in the military. I got soldiers under me. So let me um, translate it to civilian world. So you're a manager, and you got your workers under you that's, under, that's working under your shift. You're not trying to be their friend. You're their supervisor at the end of the day. So if my soldier is fucking up, I'm going to correct him. But at the same time, I want them to learn from it. I want them to learn from it. Well, I sit them down, cause you you never know what's wrong with somebody. You know, somebody could be could be squared away. Could you know the person could be coming in to work on time, do what they need to do. I mean, have a good hand on their shoulders, and then all of a sudden, now they're late, they mess things up, and you know this is not them. And sometimes you just gotta. You know, when you punish them, you got to let them know, hey, man, I got to punish you because you're doing all these things and you're not known for doing it. And you have to punish them. But then also, after the punishment, you have to sit down with them and be like, yo, what is going on? You have to understand the people that that are working for you. You have to understand where they're coming from. Jason Garrett, to me, he wasn't doing that. He wasn't punishing none of the players. Whatsoever, he was just basically just going off the cup and just being friends with them. You don't need to be friends with your players, okay? If y'all have like a friendly relationship off the field, that's great, but don't bring that shit onto the field. You don't. And yes, on uh, the four three defense. Oh, don't worry, I'm getting, I'm getting to the defense soon. But chasing Garrett was trying to be friends. With everybody. There's nothing wrong with if the players are not doing what you tell them to do, if they're not blitzing the way they need to blitz, or if that press guy's not throwing the ball like he should be, or Zeke's not hitting the holes like he's supposed to, you're supposed to get in the ass. You're supposed to be like, hey, Zeke, what the fuck you doing? You went through the wrong you went through the wrong fucking hole. You're supposed to go into B gap. Why in the world you ain't cut? Or that, why in the world you didn't throw at the freaking gap? Gap was wide open on a freaking post route, on the right-hand side. Or, or Coop, why the fuck did you stop on that route? He had you. Garrett didn't do now one of that. He just stood by and <laughs> clapped the whole time. Now which leads me to the defense. So let's go to the defense. A, I a I like a four-three defense. Don't get me wrong. I love a four-three. I, I don't like the three I don't like the uh the three-four defense. It's a it's too much of a conservative play scheme for me. It is too conservative. But with a four-three, you can you can have a lot of blitz packages with it. But this fucking Tampa 2 that we was doing was garbage. Rob Marinelli. The reason why I'm not giving them too much flat is because he actually saved us from another defensive coordinator. I forgot his flipping name. Because him and Rob Marinelli both came from the um, Tampa Bay that won that Super Bowl that one year with that defense that they had with uh, Warren Sapp and uh, Brooks and Lynch, I, I forgot who was the other coordinator because how he was coaching, it was a horrible scheme. We were getting torched. We was below, like the, like, the bottom of the barrel. And then when they made the switch of having Rob Marinelli as the new offensive coordinator – then things started to improve. Things started to change. It, it, it started to change. But then it was, it was just it was just horrible. It was, it was just, I won't say the defense was horrible, but people just saw right through it. Why in the world you got your freaking, uh, your linebackers and middle linebackers in coverage? How are you going to have your cornerback giving the freaking wide receivers so much space to get these first downs. Why? And then you bring in a Chris Richard, who was one of the architects of the Legion of Boom. Let me make one thing perfectly clear to each and every one of y'all. And y'all probably already got wind of this. Chris Richard was not the person who created the Legion of Boom. He was part of the staff. Because Quinn from the Atlanta Falcons had that same freaking defensive mind down there with Atlanta. He run that same type of defense down there with them, and it only worked for, what, one year? That's the year they went to the Super Bowl? Chris Richard, he come as the, the uh, defensive coordinator, but he was for the passing. But it's still a Rob Marinelli's defense, which make no sense to me. How in the world you have a brand new defensive coordinator calling the plays, but it's somebody else's place. It don't make no sense. Chris Richard was basically he had the keys to Rob Marinelli's car. It wasn't his it was Rob Malnelli's car. How much sense does that make? Sometimes I believe that defense was just confused. And I believe Chris Richard was in over his head when he first got here. I don't think the first year he felt that, but then the next year I, he believed, I guarantee he was like, none of this is my scheme. I wouldn't have done this like this. I wouldn't have done this like that. Now, has he brought out the best out of all the D-backs? Yeah, including the safety. I was never a Heat fan. I never was because he, he was kind of like the Jason Garrett version of a safety because there are times where he lets you down, but then there are times where he stepped up. Like I remember that play where he did with David Carr, when David Carr was running in for a touchdown and he pushed him enough for the football to – Come out of his hands before the football broke the plane. He I I say he 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 stepped up a bit. Not to a point where I'm like, well, if there was a chance to trade them all, don't trade him. But he improved thanks to um Chris Rashard. You had people like Wood because of Chris Rashard, Freaking um our boy Lewis. Jordan Lewis, even though I was scratching my damn head, why was he wasn't in for the first few games, and he comes up on the damn field, and he's an instant playmaker. That's Chris Rashard. Then Byron Jones, that's Chris Rashard. All that was Chris Rashard. He had those D-backs playing out of their fucking mind. But I just believe it's just the, the scheme that Rob Marinelli had, they couldn't play as hard as they want to. It's good to go back there and coverage, but when you leave that field wide open like that, they're going to feed off it. And I believe the players were confused because he's like, okay, we're going, we listed Chris Rashard, but it's still a Rob Marinelli scheme, so now we got to hear everything from him. Now, also for Rob Marinelli, he made those our D linemen, He made them into stars. He took journeymen. He took nobody, literally off the street, on this team, and made them into something. For example, look at Hatcher. Hatcher was a nobody. And thanks to Rob Melnelli teaching these uh, freaking D linemen, this man had one of his great seasons. I think he had like eight sacks, nine sacks. I don't think he went to Pro Bowl, but... He got over five sacks. I know that for a fact. Which actually helped him with negotiations with the Washington Redskins. And you saw what happened. He didn't do too much. but he had made stars out of nobody. He made DeMarcus Lawrence into the monster that he is today. Antoine Woods. Freaking, um, well, who else they had up in there? Um. It was another unsung hero that nobody was talking about. Um, number 95. And somebody can look that up. Even David Irving, even though he went on a pot spree, he even made this, he even made that kid into something. He made him into a freaking monster. So I'm not gonna throw Ron Marinelli under the bus too much. Cause he done a lot for that defense. But it's confusing when you have two D.C. on a team where you got one D.C. calling another DC's freaking play. It just didn't make no sense to me. Also, I'm trying to figure out when they said that all the coaching staff got fired. For any of y'all that didn't listen, look at um, sounds, at the sidelines, I encourage you, every one of y'all, to check it out, to go look at it. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys on YouTube, they uploaded a video of the sounds the sidelines from the last game with the Washington Redskins. The head coach, not the head coach, the assistant coach for the um, running backs. what he said was very passionate, and I'm paraphrasing what he said. He was talking to Zeke. He was talking to Pollard. He was also talking to their fullback, and he was like, "No," he said, "This could be my last game. I just want to let y'all know. If I'm not here, I appreciate everything that um appreciate everything y'all did. I appreciate y'all. Um, I wouldn't change it for anything in the world. If I'm gone, y'all still got my number. Give me a call. Um." You know, just keep in contact me for whatever. Call me for anything. That right there is a coach. When a coach can actually go up to a player and then admit that this is probably his last game and be like, yo, I'm going to let you know something. Give me a call. Let me know. Let me know what's going on. I'm here. Whatever. And I got to... A call? I don't know, should I take it? Let me see. Let me try it out. Oh, let me see. Well, I just saw who who wore the call. Well, somebody wanted to call in and they just uh, left, but... uh. I'm actually pulled over right now on the side. Uh, But the defense is... uh, DeMarcus Lawrence was a disappointment. He was definitely a, a big disappointment. But my biggest thing with the defense wasn't even DeMarcus Lawrence. My biggest thing was what if Lewis was in at the first part of the game. Ladies and gentlemen, sit back and think about that. What if Jordan Lewis was in at the first part of this year, first game? Would the defense be a little bit better? Would it have been games that we should have won? Would we had bad chances of the games we lost? We should have won because of Lewis. I mean, who knows? And with all me saying all this, it falls back on Jason Gary. It falls back on him. This era, once again, the best way to describe the Jason Garrett era is, yeah, but, yeah, but, average. He's our version. I did say the Barry Switzer 3.0, but Barry Switzer did win a Super Bowl. So then I had to think about it. I was like, you know what? He's our Jeff Fisher. He was our Jeff Fisher. Jeff Fisher, you was guaranteed to get an 8-8 season, a 500 season with Jeff Fisher. That's Garrett. That's how he was. He was our Jeff Fisher. Even with his decisions with Brett Maher, oh, my God. Josh How many kicks did this guy miss? He wouldn't have survived week five. And it took Jason Garrett all the way to what what was that uh what week was that that he uh he finally fired him? I think it was it after the uh No, no. It was actually before the Eagles game, was it? No, I lied. It was before the uh, Rams game where we got four bad. And this dude just kept missing. And I don't know why we kept him. Just because this dude made a 63-yarder? A 63-yarder, we're just going to keep this guy because his name is forever going to be etched in the freaking record book of the kicker that kicked a 63-yard field goal. Congratulations. Unfortunately, you're not with no other team. Because I heard he went to go practice with some other teams, and it didn't pick him up. I don't blame him. It was an interview that he did, and he, like I said, I'm paraphrasing what he said to the reporter, saying that he, uh, you know, he thought he did a good job, and that he can sleep good tonight. That night, and then he ended up getting fired. I don't know he will get. I don't know if he was getting fired for that, but that game. Oh, after the Patriots game, he said that stupid mess. He said that stupid mess, and then he got fired. It was. I mean, who who can just say that if when you know you are garbage, you are terrible, and you got nervous to sit there and say, well, I thought I did a pretty good job, and I get to, you know, I'm not even going to worry about it. I'm, I'm going to sleep good tonight. You missed majority of your kids the whole season when we needed you. And then Forbath, he comes on up in here. Forbath, even though he came in for a few games, he signed for a few games, hopefully hoping that we were going to get to the playoffs. And this man comes out looking like the MVP on the team. If the Cowboys have their own little internal awards, you know, awards uh, ceremony for the players, Forbath will be my instant MVP. Forbath for MVP. That man went out there, he kicked those balls flawlessly. He was the only one that scored in the Philadelphia game. And I guarantee you, Jason Garrett was sitting on the sideline was like, damn it, only if I would have got this man sooner. Who knows what games we would have won. Which games we would have stayed in at least and took it to overtime. Like that old saying goes, they said, you know, every um, the NFL is a game of inches. Also, points matter, no matter if it's three or seven. Points matter. And just imagine if we would have had four bad at the time where we should have fired Brett Maher. Just imagine what our record would have been. We would have beaten the Patriots. We probably would have. Now, the Jets there, that was straight up play calling. Straight up. Majority of the losses we had was play calling. But once again, ladies and gentlemen, all that I'm saying, it circles back around Garrett. Y'all know, just as well as I do, Jason, not Jason Garrett, Jerry Jones didn't want to get rid of Jason Garrett because Jason Garrett was a yes man. I can't care less if that was his beer partner or they have a history because of he used to be a back Detroit Detroit hey man. Okay, got it. But Jason Garrett was the only coach that would sit down and listen to Jerry Jones the whole freaking time and never was a coach. He was a straight-up yes man. Yes, 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 yes. That was Jason Garrett to Jerry Jones. And just hearing that he's finally out the door is so wonderful. But the consequence of us as Cowboys fans, because we – Cowboy Nation, Cowboy Country, we're the ones that get the grunt of everything. All these Cowboy groupies and everybody else would sit there and say, oh, oh, I know y'all probably got this. Are y'all still them boys? Are y'all still them boys? I'm like, what type of fucking stupid question is that? I know your team is not. We had to hear everything all through the season. They got their wish. The Fegals, won a, they won the NFC East, and they door the fucking playoff. whoop they fucking do! We know we, they're not going to do that much in the freaking playoffs. They're going to be a first-round loss. We know this. But thanks to Jason Garrett, for the past 10 years, we were the ones looking like fools. We're the ones that wore our Cowboys merchandise hat, like I'm wearing my cowboy hat right now, with pride, while we getting the trash and everything thrown at us. Where they even saying that the Patriots is more of an America team than us? Really? Because ja- Jason Garrett made us average. He made us into a regular rink deep team. To where our legacy and our history Don't even fucking matter no more. Because we haven't been playing like it. And uh, honestly, to tell you the truth, rest his soul once again, if Tom Landry was alive, he would probably get out of his damn wheelchair and smack the shit out of Garrett, like, this is what the fuck you done to my team? Who is this team? Who are these not even the Dallas Cowboys? No, I take that back. Not only just smack Garrett, but smack the shit out of Jerry Jones too. Not only just for ruining the Cowboys, but also firing them. Cause I know a lot of people. Not only people from Dallas, Texas, from the Fort Worth area, but everybody who was a Cowboys fan. Who remember that day, I wasn't even freaking thought of. I was just, well, yeah, I wasn't even, I wasn't even born yet. Remember that dark day when Jerry Jones fired Tom Landry. People are still not over that shit. Just as bad as the people here in Seattle are still mad that the freaking Sonics moved down to Oklahoma and turned into the OKC Thunder. Just as mad as these people here. Ex-Cowboys fan was just mad. And that's what happened to the majority of the fan base. They our root for Steelers, Raiders, and all that stuff. And the Niners. Cause of that. Ex-Cowboys fan. I actually one time I actually had an ex-Cowboys fan. He said, I used to be a Cowboys fan until the day freaking um Jerry Jones fired Tom Lazar. He said, I never root for the Cowboys again. He said, Now I root for the Niners. And I had to do my due diligence, I had to go in my history book, look it up. I'm like, Oh, okay. I can see why. I can see. But when you play a shell of yourself and what the team, and what a team legacy, the rich history that we have, and you play like that, you're not leaving a good legacy for yourself. That's why, When we look back at this era, it's going to be a yeah, but. Which is sad. It's over now, but it's going to be a freaking bruise. It's going to be a freaking. It's going to be a stain on the Cowboys' legacy. That's going to take a while to fix, to forget. To make it into a distant memory. So you're probably wondering how we can get over it quick. With this head coach, don't expect it the first year, y'all. Don't expect it the first year. We gotta win a Super Bowl. We gotta win a Super Bowl with this new head coach coming in for us to get this sour taste out of our mouth of Jason Garrett. Jerry Jones going to have to get those head coaches that are tough, that's all about the players, great aggressive play calling, and knows when to tell Jerry Jones to keep your ass up the boot. We don't need you in a freaking coaches meeting. We don't need you to sit there and be the mouthpiece and the media scrum anymore. Let me do what you pay me to do. Let me run this team. there, but don't expect this season coming up, ladies and gentlemen, don't, don't expect the Super Bowl off the bat, it would be nice, trust me, I'll be the first to say it, it would be nice, whatever head coach we get, it would be nice, but it's going to take a while for us to get this bad taste by my mouth of Jesse Garrett, so Cowboy Nation, let's be happy, even though we still got the bad taste in our mouth, he's gone. Farewell. So long, Jason Garrett. No more clapping. No more chewing gum. Your little spit. Your little just putting your hands on your hips. And you just doing the same press conference talk. No more. No more of the the ginger. He's gone. He's out of here. If the Giants want to let them have him, they still not gonna do much. We know how he does his play calling. Too easy. But good written. So now I'm gonna leave the show with this. I'm not gonna get. I'm not gonna to harp too much on it because I'm gonna leave it for another show. So what's next? What's next? Who's going to be the next head coach for the Dallas Cowboys? Who is the next man up? A lot of people are saying Lincoln Rollins. A lot of people are saying Urban uh, Meyer. Those are the biggest two I've been hearing. Then also Chris Richard. I was hearing talks about that. But we'll see. My top candidate right now was always Urban Meyer. But also, you know who I would like to have back is uh, Bill Callahan. I would love to have Bill Callahan back. Bill Callahan was the one that gave us the walls of Dallas again. He's the one that got our O line how it is. He made it great again. I'm not trying to steal a slogan. He made it great. So for him to come back, it will be wonderful. So he's kind of my dark horse right now. Now, but Urban Meyer has always been my top candidate. Lincoln Riley has never been that top for me because how he got demolished by LSU, yeah, it really did turn me off. I was like, uh. Come on, man. Great coaches come back from, like, big deficits when their back's against the wall. He didn't show that in that freaking college game. I know he got a national championship, I get it, so does Urban Meyer. But he did it in two different conferences, let's be clear. So, I would love to have an Urban Meyer. But who knows? But that's my job for me, for y'all, to do my research and figure out what other head coaches. Because everybody's just talking about Irvin Meyer Lincoln Rollins. I think Lincoln Rollins would be good as an uh, offensive coordinator for uh, Irvin Meyer. It would be nice. It would be great. But then again, you got ego. You got two national champions, head coaches. One's going to be working for the other. Yeah, uh, that's not gonna work too good. But hey, stranger things happen in the NFL or with the Dallas Cowboys. Well, I will do my due diligence. I'm gonna find other head coaches that are out on the open market, and I will inform y'all who I think probably should be the Dallas Cowboys head coach. And y'all can tell me also to let me know who y'all think should be the Dallas Cowboys' uh, new head coach. So while I'm doing my due diligence, I want y'all to do the same as well. And I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in to the Alamante show on this special night. Jason Garrett, goodbye. I wish I had a shot so I can take a shot with each and every one of y'all. All the cowboy YouTubers are going crazy right now. So I decided to go crazy myself. But for other content, ladies and gentlemen, go look up 831EP.com. If you love this show, or if you missed the first half of it, it will be um, uploaded onto the site. So once again, eight thirty one ep. Check it out. Listen to other shows that you loved or missed, and I will keep y'all up for some more cowboy news. And also, you can follow me on my Facebook page. Uh, it's Alamonte thirty one. Look me up. I'm gonna be live hopefully tomorrow. But I will keep y'all posted. Uh, also, follow me at Twitter at eight thirty one ep. Once again at on, on Twitter at 831 EP. Thank y'all once again. Don't forget to like this show. Don't forget to subscribe. So anytime I go live, y'all know what I'm on. So don't forget to subscribe, y'all. Also, leave y'all comments also after who y'all think who y'all think should be the next head coach? Who do y'all want to be head coach? I wanna see the comments. And once again, don't forget to forget to follow this. Uh, channel. Thank y'all so, so very, very much for tuning in. Once again, Happy Late, Happy New Year. And remember, I discuss, you decide. Y'all have a great one. Don't forget to follow. Catch y'all later. Bye.